Have you ever wondered what it takes to create a life that's free from the bonds of corporate slavery? Maybe you're already on that journey, but you're still figuring it out. This show aims to show you the way by sharing the real stories, strategies, tactics, trials and tribulations of freedom seekers at different stages of their journeys, from running a business on the side to serial entrepreneurs who've launched and scaled multiple multi-million dollar firms. Hello, I'm Craigie B. This is Corporate Escape Plan. Hey, hey, it's me, Craigie B, with the Corporate Escape Plan podcast. So, today's guest, his name is Cody Laughlin. He is a serial entrepreneur and podcast host who started to learn finance at the age of 19, was a millionaire at 27, bankrupt at 28, then retired at 39. This allowed him to embark on a new passion to teach financial literacy, successful mindset and entrepreneurship that our schools refuse to teach. Cody's companies have reached over $200 million in sales whilst reaching the Inc. 5000 list of fast-growing companies not once but twice. What an achievement. In between spells, launching and scaling 13 separate companies and counting, he has also served as the vice president of a commercial bank and financed over $100 million in loans. Realising the lack of financial education inside the school system, Cody has set out to change the financial trajectory of today's youth by giving parents the tools they need to deepen their relationships with their children while providing them with the information they need to be financially free. One of his vehicles for doing that is his Money Talkers podcast, which is fabulous, by the way. And without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to Cody Laughlin. Hi, Cody. Hey, Craig. I don't know how I'm going to live up to that billing. Somebody wrote that thing well. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It, it is quite quite an opening statement, isn't it? So yeah. <laughs> before we crack into today's subject, I'll just invite you to fill in, uh, colour in some of the gaps in your highlight reel there and tell us a bit of your backstory. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've... um. I, I, as you read in there, I've opened 13 different companies, but uh, uh, I failed at 10 of them. So I, 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 I left that part off, but three of them <laughs> I've done pretty significantly well with, I would say. And so, um, uh, but those were, they weren't really failures. They were just learning opportunities that taught me how to do the other businesses, you know? And so, um, but right now what I'm, I really, I really want to focus on is I want to help uh, parents and, uh, and their kids you know, deepen their relationships by talking about money, you know, talking, talking about that taboo subject that a lot of people's parents don't want to get into with them or didn't get into with them. Um, because we've all got the lessons, right? We all, as you grow, uh, older, you're going to find out the finance lessons. Uh, you're going to find out the things you're doing wrong. You're going to find out some of the things maybe you did right, hopefully. And, uh, but it's a lot better if you know the information before you take the test. Yeah. So, So my, my, my mission right now is to make sure that uh, I'm giving parents the tools and the confidence um, to 
be able to bring this information to their kids and help change their financial trajectory because the kids have such a long time frame ahead of them um, that the ability to have small impacts has major ramifications on the other side. So when you have 40, 50, 60 years of, you know, money uh, handling coming up in your life, little percentages of things have huge impacts you know kids today they can they can they can be millionaires every single kid could be a millionaire they have enough time and it takes very little money for them you know for someone like myself i have to put away significantly more amounts of money to get there than they do because they have compound interest on their side and so that's my goal i want to open up uh i want to open up some eyes and i want to open up some ears like mine did when i found out about these uh, concepts and then uh as i've gotten my little money lessons over the years um, I want to help share those so that other people don't have to, uh, have to feel that pain. Okay. So one of the things that jumped out at me while you were talking there was any kids can become a millionaire and with our subject and our mission to help people escape corporate, I'm just wondering, do you believe youngsters can do that inside the corporate world? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's not even a question. Um, so, uh, the the easiest path for them is because they have so much time right so if you took a 16 year old and um you know i think minimum wage is like ten dollars now they gotta make ten dollars a week and put that away and they put it in the right kind of um retirement uh vehicle then at ten dollars a week for uh i think we do it for 60 years so it went from 16 to 76 right it, uh as long as you're in a low cost index fund and you're just getting less, a little bit less than average market returns over the history of the stock market, which is very viable and still true. Um, it's, it ends up over a million five. That's without like doing the right things of you know buying stocks or buying houses or you know uh, real estate or you know doing all these different things that you can go into investing in. You know, starting businesses. Right. If you just put $10 a week away from 16 to 76 and you put it in the right kind of low cost index fund, you can be, you can have a million five. And so any kid can do this. Now, do our schools talk about this? Not a lick. They don't even mention it. It's not even brought up, you know? And so, uh, and parents probably don't realize this either because, and it's, you know, it, that's the part where I want to be able to say that, listen, these are mind opening numbers. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you, you yourself, you, you haven't chosen to do this inside the corporate world. You, you have had a corporate role. So what's your story there? And why, why is it that you haven't done this from inside the corporate space? Yeah. Right. Do as I do, as I say, not as I do. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am not built for it. I unfortunately, I mean, I grew up, um, uh, I grew up an athlete, right? I played a lot of sports. Um, I grew up that way. My dad was an athlete, my grandparents. So like, we kind of always had this really competitive thing in our household. And my son is now, which is super fun for me because he's six and I can already see it with him, you know? And, uh, and as I, I came out of school and, um, I just started learning about these things, you know, I, I had this entrepreneurial side because my parents had it too. And so I knew that side of it. So I was really comfortable with that. And so I went off and I started a business at 24 years old. Mm -hmm. And uh, within three years, I had four companies, you know, uh, I was a millionaire on paper. And so I kind of in the introduction, you're talking about that. But I really didn't build a good house, right? A good financial house for myself. And when the, uh, when the crash came, um, you know, I, my, my rocket I was riding turned into a bottle rocket and blew up on me. And, uh, and everything came crashing down. And so 
at that point I went and became a commercial banker. Um, you know, it wasn't easy. It was a long story to it, but I became a commercial banker and I wanted, cause I wanted to learn about these things and I really dove into personal finance. Right. At that point, I became the, uh, the, the epitome of a Dave Ramsey student, right? The, the, the financial peace coach that teaches everybody how to get out of debt. Mm-hmm. That was me. I was 700 grand in debt, no job. So, uh, you know, I became this banker and it was an amazing thing. And I built a skill set, um, you know, and, and because I knew that I didn't know how to run a business. And so what I wanted to do was go meet successful business owners. Well, I did. That was amazing. I used this job as a vehicle to do that. So for three and a half years, I did that. Um, was doing excellent. It was a, probably the most cush job I've ever had in my life. Uh, I lived by the beach. I worked, you know, 35 hours a week as a banker. And it's not really all that stressful either. You get to go to lunches and go meet business owners and do all the fun stuff I like to do anyway. <laughs> and so, um, uh, you know, I took this leap and I, uh, and I left again. <laughs> I, I, was, I was running into the ceiling that uh, I couldn't handle. So I've always been a person that says, you know, I don't necessarily need a floor, but don't give me a ceiling either. So don't put a cap on what I can earn and don't put a cap on my, on my, um, ability to find better ways to build a better mousetrap, I guess would be the best way to say it. Yeah. And so I was finding that a lot. I was, I was maximizing what I could do at the bank. And I, you know, I, in my third year, I led the state in, in financing uh, loans and I was just frustrated, you know, like I got that, I got, I got that entrepreneurial thing in me where I got, I want to run fast and they just kept pulling the reins back on me. And so I had an opportunity. Um, I went to work for an RV dealership, which I'd never been in before. And so I went to go sell motorhomes and trailers and stuff. And, uh, and because the opportunity said, Hey, the owner said, Hey, you know, um, I want to, I want to turn this over. I'm too old for this. And, uh, I want to find somebody young that I can teach to run the company and sell it to. So with that opportunity, I took it and I ran and, uh, three years, two years later, bought a dealership, turned it into four dealerships. And then I, uh, sold it to a publicly traded company, which was pretty fun experience, (laughs) a little nerve wracking, but a pretty fun experience. And, uh, I went to work for them for a while, uh, just less than a year. Um, probably it was my dream job. If you would give it to me any other time in my life, told me what the money I could make, told me the opportunities and, and things that I would have uh, with that. I was literally two seats away from the CEO, um, you know, at 38 years old. And uh, I went to, I just, same thing. I was running and running and running. And then the, the accounting departments and the marketing departments and the internet marketers in the, in the company. And like, they just kept pulling reins back on me. You know, and I was watching this thing that I had built start to kind of, you know, become something else. And it wasn't it wasn't going well. And uh, and then so I, I, I walked in uh, my bedroom one night at like two o'clock in the morning. And I said to my lovely wife, I said, hey, wake up. She didn't. I said, I think I'm going to quit my job on Friday. And she's like, why don't you just do it tomorrow? I was like. Wait, aren't you supposed to talk me out of this? <laughs> yeah. He's like, no. Yeah, yeah I was thinking no. that as well. Like, wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, amazing. And instead of that, she, she just said, like, why not tomorrow? And I'm like, wait. I was like, don't you want to know what I'm going to do? And she was like, no. <laughs> she was like, you can tell me later. She's like, you can tell me later. Um, she's like, I know you'll figure it out. And I was like, ah. And I had been watching all these, uh, you know, these online uh, business videos and all this stuff. And I had all these like ideas going crazy in my head and I wanted her to like sit up and talk with me for four hours, but she made the best of choice for us that night. Just went back to sleep. But, um, so I did, I walked in the next day, um, 
and I uh, turned in my resignation um, to their shock. And uh, and actually, I took my family on vacation for the first time in eight years. So it was, wow. it was, a, wow. it was, it was yeah, it was a beautiful weekend. Crikey. That's amazing. <laughs> so um, so I, I heard I picked up on a few things there. There was one you, you described it as the dream job. And yet yeah. also it can't have been. And so, so I also picked up that whilst you said it was a dream job, you also mentioned there was the ceiling and you also said something that indicated that there was a certain lack of freedom there. Like the, you were being, I think you used the phrase having the reins pulled back or something. So but what was that about? Was that a, a, a lack of ability to take, have full control over the direction the business was going and the decisions that were being made? Yeah, it's um, when you're, you know, I had a hundred and something employees, right? And we, we, we had a lot of turnover stuff. So I probably I had gone in eight years, probably about 500 employees that have hired and they have left and come back some and that kind of stuff. And, but you're in full charge, you know, when you own the company and when you own the company, you make the decisions, you, you, you have to live with them, you know? So, uh, but you do, you make the decisions, you go, you, you can act quickly. And that's really where the frustration came in for me mm -hmm. was that I saw problems. I'm very used to being able to solve them on the spot or f go find a, a way to solve them. Like that's been my life, you know, is I, I enjoy problem solving. And I was finding more and more every time I'm in the corporate world, like I identify, they, I either, I identify a problem that really kind of matters to the business or someone else brings me a problem that is really kind of irrelevant, right? They want me to fill out some sheet for some reason for some guy in some back room in the middle of nowhere that makes no sense for the business. All right. And waste my time. And so, and I wouldn't say waste it, but use my time in a less efficient way. Right. Mm. And so I was used to that. And then when we, I, we got into this, you know, we were, uh, I had built a different house this time around, right? So at 28 years old in your introduction, you hear I was like, I was basically bankrupt. I was $700,000 in a hole with no job. In foreclosure, tax liens, right? I swore I would never, ever be in this kind of position again. I was like, I am never, ever doing this again. Again, I, it's no way. Like, you know, my wife was there with me. We, we did the roller coaster ride up and down. She stuck with me the whole way, which is probably why she didn't really say much when I said I was going to quit because she was probably like, that's like the least, that's like the 50th least scary thing you've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, uh, the, the, the feeling that I got was I, that I wasn't using my talents and I wasn't able to, uh, I wasn't able to have the impact on the business that I was used to having. Mm. And, um, and I felt constrained really bad, but on the flip side of that, I had already built a fortress around my house. Right. And what I mean by that is my financial house. So, I had gotten into, when I got into learning about personal finance really, really hard uh, 10 years earlier, I also got into a community called the FIRE community. And that's the Financially Independent Retire Early community, right? And what the basic concept of that is, is that you find a way to cut your costs, build, an, build, a, uh, build a nest egg, and build a, uh, a, a source of, um, you know, uh, of income that's going to cover your expenses, Right. So I was buying real estate and I was buying things that have, you know, passive income to them so that my home expenses were already covered. So even if I walked in and I said I quit and I didn't have a paycheck coming in, all my bills were covered. Right. And I had done that strategically. It took me 10 years to do this, but I had, you know, I was the guy I didn't buy coffee and mm -hmm. 
even when I was making bucks, man, and even when I was making big bucks, I was like, I bring my lunch to work. Like I don't, you know, I did all the little, you know, uh, I, we went to the parks a lot instead of going to the, to the theme parks, you know? And, and we didn't buy things for our kids that sometimes that we, I mean, we obviously could have, but we decided not to. And I wanted to teach them that they don't need to buy these things for short happiness. Right. And so mm. when I had the, when I had that feeling again and I had that frustration and I decided, you know, I'm going to go do something else. I could, you know, and that's one of the things that I think that is most important for your audience is to escape that corporate lifestyle, escape that corporate plan, you know, that you, that feeling on you is real, that constraint, you know, and then a lot of times there's that fear of being able to walk out or being able to not have that paycheck come on Friday and you have to prepare. So you can't just complain. You can't just say, I don't like this. I'm, you know, I hate working here. I'm going to quit one day. You're like do something about it, but you got to take little steps. You can't go from zero to a hundred. You know, I wouldn't suggest that for anybody is to say, Hey, look, you know, don't go in and quit the next day. Okay. If you got a job that's paying your bills and taking care of your family and doing your things, but you can do things when you're not at work. If you, if you feel like you can be an entrepreneur and you can leave that nine to five and you can leave that corporate paycheck, then you should be able to do it on weeknights and weekends already. It should be a side hustle for you because if you don't have the drive to do that, you're not going to be able to have the drive to get up and try and find your paychecks or go to find someone else's paycheck that works for you. If you don't have the, the fortitude to be able to make the hustle real now, then it's going to be hard for you to make it as an entrepreneur because there are times you're going to want to quit. There are times that are just terrifying and you have to learn how to be able to walk through those situations with just steel plated armor on you, you know? And so if you're not willing to, to put that hustle and that heart into something that you want to figure out to do, to be able to leave that corporate job, I suggest you do. Okay. I'm not, I'm not the one's going to sit and tell you because the fastest way to build wealth is to build a company. Mm. It is literally by far the fastest way to build wealth. It's not the best way to build wealth, right? <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, pile that money in a 401k, do your same job every day, you know, eat rice and beans and cut your coupons and, and really pile your cash away is the safest way to do it. But the fastest way to do it is to open a company. And, and it's the fastest path to real wealth. So for someone who is maybe feeling the sparks for the first time um, from, you know, feeling inspired by, by what they're hearing here, what advice would you give to someone who's now beginning to think, hey, yes, I think I would like to have a look into starting a business on, on the side while I'm still doing my day job. What, what advice would you give to them to help them begin plotting out the, those thoughts? I'm going to give you the number one key to being successful, right, out of the gate. And this is bar none irrefutable. Find someone else who's doing it successfully and find out how they're doing it. Okay. You need to copy success. It's the easiest way in business. Okay. You know, you're not blazing trails. I'm just going to, uh, we all think we are, but there's, you, you can have your own portion to it, mm -hmm. but you need to find somebody who's doing it and find out where, where things are going right, and going wrong. Join groups on Facebook, reach out to business owners, volunteer, go take a second job in the industry that you want to work in right? Find the pitfalls, learn from their mistakes, right? So it's the same thing as when we're, you know, if you had the opportunity 
to go talk to somebody who's just made crazy money in their life, right? They know all the ways that they failed. You don't see it, but they know it. I know it. I know the ways I failed. You know, I can start a company now in the, in a, in a split instant, right? And I've done it and, and I've scaled it to seven figures in less than a year. And it wasn't hard because I had been so bad at it before that I learned all these ways not to do it. Right. And I didn't have anybody to, <laughs> I didn't have anybody. I just went and blazed my own trail. And then all of a sudden, man, when the, when the rug came out from under me, it was like, holy cow. So what I did is I went to be this commercial banker. And the thing that I learned most is I had people ask me all the time. This is like 08, 09, 2010, right? Worst time in history for, to be a banker, first of all. But second of all, like lots and lots of people questioning their life and their jobs and where they're working and do they open a company or what do they do? Like everybody was just like panic mode, right? Yeah. Um, and so I had a lot of people ask me that would say, hey, man, um, you know, I had 275 banks in my portfolio that I managed, right, at, at, when I got there. And then within one year, I had 75 left that still made $2 million or more in revenue. So 200 of them fell out, right? I was watching bank, I was watching businesses crash all around me. So what I found was uh, people would say, hey, what business should I get into? And my, I had the same answer every time. I said, it doesn't matter. And they said, what, why? And I'm like, you got to have something. Something's got to be hot. I'm like, no. I was like, I have 150 businesses now that I manage all different industries, but the ones who made it are making more money now in 2009, 2010 than they were in 2007. And they say, how can that be possible? I said, well, their revenue is not as high. I said, but they all tighten their belt and they know their numbers. I said, so the number one thing you had to do was you had to know your numbers. If I walked into a business and they said, you know, if I said, Hey, how are you doing this month over last month? And they were like, uh, let me see, or, you know, let me, what financials do you need? Let me call the accountant and I'll see if they got a peanut. If I said, how are you doing this month over last month? And they were like, oh, fantastic. We're up 10% on the, on this product, this product, we're down about 20%, but we were able to tighten up the belt and we cut some of our payroll over here and we've redone some of our debt and this, I knew they were safe. I knew they were good. It didn't matter if it was a doctor's office, a sand maker, a toy importer. Like I had all these kind of businesses, but if, the, the second I knew that they knew their numbers, I was way more at ease, like 90% more at ease that the loans that the bank had with them were going to be okay. If they didn't have a clue, I knew within 10 minutes that I was probably going to have some tough conversations with them. Yeah. And so you have somebody waiting to go, right? Find somebody in the industry that you want to do. Find somebody that you can, you can model, you can buddy up to. Offer them value, okay? If you say, listen, teach me everything, and you're just a taker, it's not going to work, right? Yeah. But if you go and you say, hey, look, you know, let's find uh, – I don't know. You want to be um, a dog groomer? Go get a part-time job at a dog groomer, right? Don't just think you can be a dog groomer. Like you need to know what the problems are in the dog grooming business, right? <laughs> if you want, you know, if you want to be whatever it is, whatever your business is, you want a restaurant. You better have worked in a restaurant. You better know where where that money leaks are, right? You better know that food cost is going to drive you out of business if you don't pay attention to it. Mm -hmm. And you better know that your 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 drinks are where you're going to make all your money. Right. And you better know how to handle wait staff and you better know that they steal money. Right. If you don't watch, there's two drawers in, a, in, a, in every restaurant. There's cash that flies around all over the place. You better have systems in place and be a successful restaurateur. You know, like that's the thing. Like if you're there and you're in that nine to five and you're feeling that pressure that like, ah, I just got to do something with my life. Right. Then take actionable steps before you take the leap. It would be my, some of my best advice is that you need to build up 
Um, for one, you need to build up your financial house. I would tell you, if you go and try and do a shoestring budget on doing a business, then keep it as a side hustle until you can build some money in there. So if you side hustle your way into a little bit of a, a cushion, you know, that, you know, you're not, you're not trying to, you will make better decisions about the business. If you're constantly looking for cash flow, you will take too much business that you shouldn't be doing to focus on. You'll cut your margins out. You won't make any money. You'll have revenue and you'll get, uh, you know, you'll make payroll, but you won't make, you won't make money. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and, and you, so you should be able to, if you have a passion for it, then you should be able to drive yourself up and go do it. Even when you're not at work in your normal, typical nine to five, your 40 hour week. Well, there's a, there's a lot more hours in a week than 40. And so you should be able to drive and be a hustler on those other times. And if you don't have the capital already to run the business, then you should side hustle yourself until you get enough capital to run the business because you may not like the business you think you like, right? You might want to be a house painter and the weekend, one weekend that you're just like, I'm miserable painting houses Dude, don't paint houses, find something you want to do and find something you love. I know it's kind of cliche to say that, yeah. but you really need to go try it, right? Your what's in your head is a lot different than what what the actual work is. Yeah, it's, it's great idea to find out first before you leave. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah. But you'd be surprised. A lot of people think that though. They're like, oh man, there's so much money and whatever, you know, selling cars or whatever they want to do. You know, oh, I can flip cars. Like, okay, have you ever flipped a car before? <laughs> Like, you know, that the taxes come in there. What happens with title? If you can't get a title, what ha where are the pitfalls that you can, you know, you, you know how to do rust inspections? Like, you know how to do all this stuff that like, it may look easy, but there's problems with it, right? How are you going to mm -hmm. get inventory? So you need to go do this stuff and see if you like it. And then one, and then two, if see if you're good at it, because, you know, I may, uh, you know, I may want to play for the, uh, for the Yankees, you know, like I grew up playing baseball my whole life, but I'm not good enough to play for the Yankees. And I need to know that before I go do that. Right. And I'm, I, that can't be my plan until I go figure that thing out. I need to go to a tryout first. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Uh, so, so many nuggets and such great advice all packed into a really short space there. So I know, I know that I'm going to be listening back to this and taking notes and, and, I'm really grateful to you, Cody, for giving up your time to share some real wisdom there, business wisdom. And well, like I said, I've done it. I've done it a couple of times. Yeah. So that's why it wasn't like I had all this in me before I did it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was I was lucky enough to do it a couple of times, and then I already found those pitfalls for me. So, um, so it's my hope that by sharing your story with people, that we can help some somebody out there avoid some of the pitfalls. Because, uh, yeah. you know, because I've heard some horror stories about people who are left corporate thinking they're going to create their dream career, you know, leading a business of their own. And they found themselves because they haven't thought through all of that stuff or had that experience. They've then found themselves trapped in a new world that they hate just as much as the, the corporate role that they escaped from. So I think, you know, there's some real value in there. So well, I think they also, yes. well, one thing about that before we go. So yeah. um, I would say this, like, I think you need to think about why you're miserable, right? Like I know for me that I was just trapped, but I also, because I wanted to go do something else. Like I knew that, you know? And so, but I had already built into what I wanted to go do. And so 
I would tell you this, if you find some, if you find yourself, you're listening to this thing and you're like, man, I am just miserable at work. You really need to think about why you're miserable, you know, and, and, and work on those things and say, Hey, look, let's figure this thing out. Like if you blame it all on the job and then you leave for another job, you're going to blame it all on the next job, you know? Hmm. And so that's why I say like, you need to find something that you like and that you're passionate about and then go try it because you'll see if that's the void. You'll find out real quick. It may not be the job, right? Yeah. But it may be. And if it is the job, and you go do something else and you're like, wow, my eye, like, I love this. Like I could, if you could bounce out of bed to do it, then you can be the entrepreneur in that field because it's going to take that kind of energy to, to, to fight through the, the downs. Right. And the, and the, and the, and the, the, the kick to the knees, man, you're going to, you got to be able to get up. You know, it's not how many times that Rocky say, right. It's not how many times you get knocked down. It's how many times you get up. <laughs> well, that's the life of an entrepreneur. So you need to figure out if that's what, if you got the passion to do that, Man, that stuff just falls by the wayside. Let's go. But if you don't, yeah, if you don't, you're going to have some trouble. <laughs> Absolute gold you've dropped for us today, Cody. So we're not just about providing value for, for our listeners. We're also about providing it back to our guests who give up their time to share their knowledge. So, Cody, please do share something that you're up to right now so that your, our listeners can look you up. Yeah, I appreciate that, Craig. And I, I came here on, you know, to do this with you because you're somebody who provides value without asking for things in return. And I, so that's why I even re I reached out to you. I was like, hey, yes. man, I really want to be part of what you're doing because I know how much you care about the people out there. And I know some of your story. And so, uh, first of all, I just want to say thanks for having me on here. And also thanks to your listeners for, for listening and tuning in. Huh. And uh, but if you want to find out some more, um, you know, a couple things. We have a Facebook group. Uh, if you just go into the search bar, type in Money Talkers. Um, yeah. You can find out the podcast is out there. I've got some amazing guests. We dive really deep into some uh, amazing topics around finance, around entrepreneurship, and on mindsets. And so I've got coaches. I've got entrepreneurs. I've got really, really successful parents who built in systems and all kinds of fun stuff that we dive into. And so if you have kids and you really want to have an impact and you want to have the tools to have the impact on your kid's financial future so that not only that they can be financially free, but that they can go out and impact the world without having the overhang of debt and finance issues and all that kind of stuff that, you know, really holds you back from being able to do something that you pursue. So that's really what it is. I want to open that relationship with parents. And so if you do want to do that kind of thing, um, you know, if that's, if that's on your mind while you're getting out of your nine to five and you want to make sure that you have that home base built up strongly, a fortress, um, you know, then that's what the money talkers podcast is all about. So you can check us out anywhere that you have podcasts out there, iTunes, you know, Spotify, Podbean, all the, all the fun, Google, all that fun stuff. So it's a noble mission. That's for sure. So that's the money talkers podcast and Facebook group by the same name. Yep. So you may. And then the last place is if you want to hop on a mailing list for the uh, upcoming programs that are getting ready to come out, you can head to themoneytalkers.com. Fantastic. Cody Laughlin, thank you so much for joining us on the Corporate Escape Plan podcast today. Thank you so much. What a fantastic All episode. Right. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Craig. Cheers. So if you've enjoyed today's episode and feel you'd benefit from joining a community of like-minded people, then you may wish to consider joining our free Facebook community. Head over to Facebook now, look for the Corporate Escape Plan community, then apply to join by answering the questions. The group officially opens on Monday, March 9th, 2020. 
So if you're listening to this episode during our launch week, you may need to wait a number of days for your application to be approved. See you inside.